Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ditch the Hustle podcast. I'm Amanda Rootsy. I'm Nicola Newman. And I'm Naomi Arnold. We're business coaches and founders of the Gentle Business Mastermind, which is a global year-long experience for kind-hearted entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, makers of beautiful things, creatives, coaches, teachers, writers, and small business owners. To us, gentle business is a choose-your-own-adventure rather than a one-size-fits-all approach, and we can't wait to go on this adventure with you. Now we invite you to take a moment to take a deep breath, shimmy your shoulders, roll your neck, and settle in for another conversation about growing your business gently. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Ditch the Hustle podcast. We're here today to explore gentle work weeks and what they might look like for each of us and potentially for you. So let's do it, ladies. Yeah, (laughs) let's get into it. (laughs) And because I started, that means I get to ask you both (laughs) first. Yes. (laughs) Who am I going to pick on? Hmm. Nick. What does a gentle work week look like for you? Uh, oh, I could feel a little bit of payback there. No, I just dodged <laughs> Naya to be the person that introduced the interview in the episode today. Um, thanks, Nay. Well, a gentle work week is, um, for me, I guess it's, it's largely, it's a blend of listening to my intuition that is also supported by different structures in my life and the structures are systems that are there to support the business flowing smoothly and tuning into myself, uh, not just on a daily basis, but often on a moment-to-moment basis to check in with what I feel I would be able to complete with ease and focus each day. So, that all sounds very nice and airy-fairy, doesn't it? But let's give some practical nuts and bolts around what that looks like for me. I rely very heavily on two particular, I suppose three particular online tools these days and they are all free. So that's a nice bonus. One of them is Google Calendar. The other is Google Docs. And the third is I use the free version of Asana for my task and project management. And um, what I do is I use Google Calendar to lock in any of my fixed appointments. So things that I have to show up for. And then I use Asana for all the ideas. It's like a creative container to capture all the inspiration, all the ideas and all the to-dos that go into the different creative projects that I've got on the go at any one time and also ones that I'd like to bring to life down the track. And that's been a big lesson for me, being someone that's really creative. I always want to have new ideas and lots of us as as, um, creative entrepreneurs have no lack of ideas, right? Um, So I find having a place to put them all in Asana is extremely supportive so that I don't feel like I'm going to forget about that or that important thing is um, going to be lost. And by recording it, I can then direct my attention back to the things that need to be attended to during this current season of my business or my week or even my cycle. That's the other thing that I overlay into a lot of my time planning is where I am in my cycle. So in some ways, I would actually add a little asterisk next to the gentle work week and and I would say it's the gentle monthly cycle for me and (laughs) it's uh, not just bookended by Sunday to Saturday, it's um, it's throughout the different phases of my cycle. Mm, That could be an episode in itself, huh? 
Yeah, it could. It could. Yeah. I love the idea there of choosing what feels easy to complete in the moment too, you know, because I've, I've often heard that saying, you should swallow the frog first, where, you, where it's about doing the hard thing first um, so that you can get to other stuff. But uh, it sounds so much more fun to choose the easy things that you feel like you can get done in the way that you're feeling it in that moment. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes there's a little bit of resistance or um, it doesn't feel like it is the easiest thing and it still needs to be done for a set time frame that's, that's uncoming. But I tend to approach it, yeah, overall with that approach that you can choose to go with your flow and go with your energy because you'll, <laughs> I, for me, find that I end up getting more done that way. It's more enjoyable. And that's really what life and business is about for me is enjoying what I'm doing. There's so much trust there too, I think. I remember when you very first told me this, and I feel like I've shared this story a couple of times in different platforms, but when you first told me, Nick, that you don't structure your days, you know, hour to hour and don't expect particular things of yourself on a regular basis or have this to-do list that you that must go in a particular order, but instead that you have some things that you know you'd like to get done and you pick and choose how you do them and when you do them and when it feels you know, the most energetic to do them, the most um, productive and then all of those things. I remember thinking, wow, and so then you just trust that you're going to get them done and you do get them done and it's like this lovely, it's so gentle. Yeah, thanks, Mandy. I And I picked up something from you that helped me to streamline that process. I used to use just a an A5 ruled notepad and a pen every week and I would write down all the things that needed to be done that week and at the end of the day, I would cross off what had been done and sort of circle the thing that I was going to focus on the next day. Um, but these days, I have some headings in my asana that help me to define the priorities. And um, I have a, a heading, for example, that says most important task for this session and then one, then most important tasks for, this, for today and then for the same again for this week. And then I say later non-urgent tasks. So, I, can, I do have a filtering system that keeps me on track. And um, I find that really nice. Like yesterday, there was some uh, money date sort of tasks that I needed to do. I needed to attend to finishing off our tax returns and I needed to attend to um, paying some bills and just basic financial maintenance that goes on with running a business. And I was feeling really anxious and stressed yesterday. And I know from tracking my cycle that it was partly hormonal. And so I knew that it would that would pass. And I also knew that it's the wind that we're experiencing on the boat at the moment. And Naomi's got it in Yapoon as well. It's really windy at the moment. And I get quite anxious at times with the wind on the boat. And so instead of kind of, I, I also had a whole bunch of other tasks that I wanted to do um, in terms of building new web pages and duplicating things in Infusionsoft. And instead of forcing myself to do everything that was on my most important to do tasks for the day. I just focused on the things that felt doable and that I could kind of manage. And that ended up being the financial money date stuff. And we got all that ticked off so that then tomorrow, uh, I have, I'm quite confident I'll be able to dive into doing the website stuff and the Infusionsoft backend that um, my nervous system will be more able to cope with because I'll be further along in my cycle and my hormones will have settled the wind, I've looked on, you know, the weather planning app and it's the wind's going to die down. So all these different external circumstances and internal circumstances start to line up and I don't have to feel stressed that I must do it today or it won't get done. Mm, so important. It sounds like a real nice blend of 
kind of forward planning with that system that you have in Asana whilst also being flexible and adaptable depending on how you feel that day. Yeah, exactly. How does it look for you, Nay, with a very different lifestyle, not on a boat and with a little one at home that's going to school sometimes and in school holidays at other times and all all the things that go on for you? I feel like for me, it has changed because I started my business when Daniel was a newborn, my son was a newborn, it looked very different then. And I feel like it's changed every year (laughs) of his life as he's grown older and as kind of the time and requirements and focus that I've needed on him has shifted. So it's felt very different to me this year and looked very different for me this year than what it has in the past. So for example, like in the, the first year, I had to, I feel like I needed to be kind of the opposite to what Nick just explained. So I did need to be very structured and planned. So if I knew that I had a 20 minute sleep on this day, (laughs) uh, he was going to be having a 20 minute sleep because he was a very short napper and I would be lucky to get any naps during the day and he didn't sleep much at night. So I kind of felt like I had to be planned so that that day when that little tiny sleep happened, I knew what I was going to jump straight into. Whereas nowadays it looks very different. And I think I'm probably have moved over time closer to what Nick has just shared actually about what you do, Nick, because I feel like I have this weekly overview of the things that I aspire to get done. So the most important things that week And I do look at each day. So when I sit down and do my planning session, I do look at each day and what my locked-in commitments are, so what my coaching calls and group calls are, and then think about what tasks I might get done around these each day. But then I each day with a just completely fresh lens of what do I feel like doing, and that shuffles and moves around a lot. But I feel like for me, like the biggest thing with a gentle work week I've discovered that works for me personally is around having like these personal, more personal rituals. I think, I think that's been key for me and also, and not also, but maybe just simply and (laughs) looking at that on a weekly and a daily perspective. So maybe I'll give some, again, specific examples so it doesn't sound <laughs> so waffly. But um, so I know for me on Mondays, I they're non-client facing days for me. I just, I need space on a Monday to ground myself and to be really flexible about what feels good to do that day. And I can feel really, I guess, overwhelmed and thrown off a little bit if I'm jumping straight into calls or seeing clients. And same on Fridays, like I just hate seeing clients and having calls if I can help on a Friday. So I try to keep them both very clear and tend to only see clients on specific days. So generally Tuesdays and Thursdays. So having that structure still in terms of, I guess, buckets or containers for when I do different types of work that align with, I guess, my energy throughout the week seems to really work for me. And then even on a daily level, I know that in the morning now, I have to send, spend a certain amount of time doing a few different things that help ground me and set me up for those activities each day, rituals before client calls, 
morning rituals, evening rituals. So basically, I've been practicing building in all these different things that help me feel more gentle and focused and grounded and intentional about my weeks and days. Yeah. So, but in the past, I couldn't do that so much. There was so much unpredictability in my life and so many other personal commitments that it was impossible to be able to do some of that. I had to be very planned, but also very flexible and very prepared in case something happened one day and I couldn't do anything. I had to be able to just drop everything that day. So it's a lot easier now than what it used to be to, I think, feel or to have a gentle work week. It sounds like you really, you were gentle in that way though, in that you didn't expect yourself to have all of these rituals and you didn't expect yourself to work in any particular way, but you just focused on what really needed to be done, got that done as as ahead of time as you could so that you could be flexible when you needed to be and supported yourself in that way. Yeah, definitely. And I still try to, I think, looking back, build in some of those rituals, just a really punchy short version of them. So I would have little rules for myself because I had to, otherwise I wouldn't do them. So if I was sitting down to do work, for example, because Daniel's finally gone to sleep, I had to do like a a five minute, at least five minute little thing for me first, whether that be journaling or a meditation or just going outside. Like that was something I had to tick off before I did the to-dos. So that's lovely. Yeah, I guess it was more punchy version of what I'm doing now. It feels more spacious now. Can I be cheeky and ask about some of these personal rituals that you've that you make sure you include in your day, either before work or the morning ones or something? Like what are some specific things that help you? Yeah. So I think oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many, especially in the morning. I'm not so great at the evening ones yet. They're still very much a work in progress. But in the mornings now, I used to I used to feel like I had to do all of my kind of what you should be doing in the morning before Daniel goes to school. So things like journaling and meditation and the things that we get told, you know, exercise, those types of things. I I used to try and do that before he went to school. And I really kept struggling with that, with being able to do it consistently because his sleep times would change and, you know, he would be around every time I would go to do one of these things. I'd be like, this is really hard. And then I'd get frustrated. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, he'd want to come out for the walk or the run and it just wasn't quite the same when you've got these little legs and voices next to you. And uh, so I realized finally when he went to school and I probably only realized this this year, gosh, probably only four or five months ago (laughs) that, that was just silly that I, for me, it might work for others, but for me, it was just silly. It wasn't working. And I decided to just be really present with him and with family in the morning and to do some of those things once he goes to school. So in the past, I felt this pressure that as soon as he goes to school, I had to get into work and make the most of it. And I've let that go now. And when he goes to school, I do some of these rituals. So before school, (laughs) I'm usually up before him just like by 10 minutes maybe. So I spend that time like getting dressed and getting ready. And then the second that he's up, I feel like I can be present with him and we can, and by then Dusty's usually out putting coffee on for me, bless him. (laughs) 
he always makes the coffee in the morning, which is something I need. And then we have breakfast together out, usually out on the deck, depending on, on the weather. And then Dan, I, Daniel does all of his, you know, rush to get ready for school. And we're usually ready in time, like well before he has to go to school. So we both go downstairs together and I do a bit of gardening while he throws the ball to our dog, to Max. And it's just really, it's a really fun way to like spend time together. But also I've really noticed the difference when I don't do that, just that little bit of time outside in the garden has just been shifting my whole mood <laughs> throughout the day. I've noticed this week when I haven't been able to do it so much with the weather, I was like, oh, I'm more irritable this week. I haven't been able to get outside as much. So yeah, we do that and then I take over because usually Daniel throws the ball over the fence quite a few times and Max doesn't get much of a run <laughs> when he's throwing it. <laughs> so I'll throw <laughs> the ball to her for a bit and... And then once he goes to school, that's when I do a, a journaling practice, usually straight away, where I track a few different things, thanks to Nick inspiring doing that. <laughs> and I also tap into how I want my day to look. And I ask myself some questions that one of our guest mentors actually in Gentle Business Mastermind, and I think we actually touched on this a little bit in the snippet of the interview that was shared here on the podcast, Stacey Shelton. She has a few questions around that help you frame what it is that you need. And I do that every day as well because it helps me tap into like, how am I feeling today? And now what can I do about it or what do I need today? So yeah, there's a few things around that that I do before I launch into my work day. I'm really curious, Nate, to imagine back to the time when you were working in government. If you had have heard this conversation, um, I haven't really worked in a full-time position in that way and I can't come to it from my own experience, but I have this imagining that if I heard some people talking about these ways of working from that um, lens or that experience, I'd just be like, well, I don't know that that's really possible or if it's even that productive. I wonder if you could talk a little bit around, if, did you feel that way? And has there been surprises for you in terms of productivity in working this way? Such a good question. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been possible for me to do some of these things when I worked for government. I had to work certain hours, so it didn't work. And I think that was one of the realizations that I had this year. Well, I always knew, but it was a deeper realization. I was like, okay, I work for myself now. I don't have to do that. <laughs> I can spend some time doing personal stuff when the workday technically starts. But when I work for government, it looked different then. And I didn't have the Daniel factor. Well, not for very long <laughs> with, the, with my government job. Daniel factor. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> you just become a factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was different. And he wasn't at school. So it was, it, it was different. So I, I understand that that wouldn't necessarily work for a lot of folk. I think that I was able to, and I was making an effort to incorporate some of these things in other ways though and in some ways I was even better at it when I had a more nine to five job. Yeah, so I did always get out at lunchtime and, and sit outside or go for a little walk, generally speaking. Of course, there were periods where that didn't happen but I did make that 
that effort most of the time. Whereas when I started working for myself, I stopped doing that. And I've only just started to consciously build that back in. And, you know, I would go to the gym before or after work. I, so some of these things I did build in, but in a different day, in a different way. In busy periods, like our team, we would get up and do little silly movements every couple of hours to get our energy up. And so there were different things that we did for that context. And I guess I kept trying to apply that or replicate that maybe when I started to do my own work. And it just wasn't working because I now had a little one and my lifestyle and context had shifted completely. So I had to kind of let go and learn new ways. Allow it to shift. Yeah. And did, did you find that um, if you had have been thinking about working intuitively, you know, doing the thing that felt good to do on the day, was there any space to do that in a corporate role like that or a government role like that? Or was it more of a thought that, you know, you just have to do what is assigned to you or the task for that day, no matter what your focus or energy is? It was a bit of both. So some days you did have to do what was on the list and and that would often appear like you wouldn't know that. You would come into work thinking you're going to be working on something and then something urgent would come up that you had to do that day and it would completely kind of derail what you expected of the day. So that would happen. But there were also many moments too where you could be more flexible and where you could manage yourself a little or the project yeah cool yeah and work with your energy more so you know when you do emails versus when you do more focused writing type work or policy work or meetings like you could be you could be more flexible and it depends on the area that you work in I guess I mostly worked in areas where there wasn't kind of shifting immediate ministerial type work that you had to do very quickly and drop everything and we had those moments, but they weren't every day like they would be in some people's roles. Hmm. So cool to hear about. Yeah. It's nice to know that, yeah, can, that approach can be transferred into whether you're working for yourself or working for others. Um, it's really a, a way of managing yourself, isn't it? And managing your own energy and strengths. And the thing I think, so my brother, Sean, and I go in and, and do some of this with corporations and universities and kind of help them and help staff think about how they can incorporate some of these rituals and healthier ways of being at work. And like one of the things that we emphasize and I think is really important in that context is where possible to bring the, the team and your team along with you. So it is so much easier when when you're in an environment where they're part of it and where they encourage it and where you can help kind of gently hold each other accountable. So hopefully if anyone's listening in that context, they have a friendly team that they can <laughs> bring along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, and make it part of the culture at work. That's cool. Yeah, because otherwise you do get caught up in the kind of just usual way of doing business and head down, bum up. Mm. Yeah. It's a contagious energy. Yeah, I love what you're saying there about um, sort of taking back control a little bit of, of your days too, you know, choosing, taking note of, of when you feel best to respond to emails rather than reacting to every email that comes in or choosing when you might like to have your meetings where possible as obviously you, you can't do that with, with every role or with every person. But even just by implementing some of those little shifts, you can feel more 
in charge of, of your week, I suppose, can't you? And, and feel a little bit more gentle. Yeah. And you seem very good at doing those things, Mandy, in your own business. Um, I know you don't jump every time you get an email. You seem very intentional about how you use your time. I'd love to hear a little bit about um, what a gentle work week looks like for you. <laughs> what I heard from that, Nick, is that you take forever to respond to my emails, <laughs> which I do. <laughs> and that's okay. I take a long time to respond to some emails too. <laughs> which I can, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's so... Uh, I go through three phases with that. Um, I can certainly fall into a habit of jumping on the computer, opening my, my inbox and going through emails um, and then reacting to certain ones and, and then suddenly two hours or three hours have gone by and I haven't even considered what I actually planned on working on at that time. So that's certainly something I'm working on at the moment actually. Um, and I'm playing with getting support with that at the moment where someone else is in my inbox every day and she's spending the time to sort through what's actually important to take care of anything that she can um, ahead of me and then just starring any of the ones that I need to get to. And that's made such a huge difference for me because when I now jump into mail, um, I just go to the starred folder and I can see that there's only three or four really important ones that I need to respond to. And I'm so efficient with that. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's feeling good. It, it feels, it also feels a little silly in a way that I should be able to do that for myself, but for now I'm really enjoying having that extra support um, with just that. It's taken so much, it's given me back so much time and so much energy that I didn't realise I was wasting on just deciding what to do with different things and forwarding things on and adding them to folders and that kind of stuff that can just, I find really draining at times. Yeah, that's fabulous. I've got to stop sending you inappropriate emails now. Other people are reading them. No, I just... <laughs> Well, actually, I've made uh, one of our rules is that um, she can't read any emails from either of you. Oh, because, really? <laughs> um, yeah, because she's because she's connected to all of us in a different way, and and she's part of the mastermind. I wanted to make sure we were protecting mastermind <laughs> members and that kind of thing. So there is actually a, a bit of a bit of a barrier there. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. So all those inappropriate emails I'm not sending, I can send. <laughs> You can still send them. They don't get read by anyone else, I promise. <laughs> um, and I don't know that I'll do this for long, but even just having the space away from it, I think I'll be then able to come back in and put some systems in place for myself where it doesn't need to be that someone else is accessing things all the time. But I think together we'll realise that some emails don't need to be coming to me at all. They should be going to a different email address and, and that kind of thing. That's really great. I, I have gone through a period at the moment I go through seasons where I just want to unsubscribe from loads of things and particularly when I'm trying to focus on a new project or bringing something to life, I'll tend to do that. And um, I've just found unsubscribing really useful at the moment from all sorts of things that um, I will return to later. And I think giving ourselves permission to to do what is supporting supportive for us in this season, like you are having someone come in and help you. And it was interesting you saying you feel like it's silly. To me, it doesn't sound silly at all. It sounds really wise and smart and kind to yourself to do that um, so that it frees up the mental bandwidth to do all the creative and productive, you know, bigger picture stuff that you're so great at, Mandy, and so efficient at. Um, yeah, it's it's really smart, smart way to work. 
Oh, thanks. I agree. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, with big business and corporations, you don't think twice about it. Of course, there's a front desk or a person that manages the the emails unless they're a direct contact to you. But when we have a small business or a solo entrepreneurs, it's something we sometimes feel guilty about outsourcing. It's funny how our perspective sometimes can can feel really different as a small business owner compared to what would be normal for a big business. Yeah, totally. Mm, so true. They would all have their assistants and yeah, man. I was watching Bill. I was watching Bill Gates's um, documentary on Netflix the other day, and wow, he certainly has an assistant. He shows up, and his assistant tells him exactly what meetings he's got all day. That man, he can fit a lot in, and it's really amazing at his age. I'm like, wow, I couldn't do that at my age. Yeah, I guess in, in other ways, in terms of structuring the weeks and things like that, I recently found lots of different um, being quite structured has has helped me a lot lately, which goes a little against what I think, what I identify with for myself, I think. Um, I've done that Four Tendencies quiz by Gretchen Rubin. I think it's the Four Tendencies and I come out as a rebel. So, I like to think that I don't like much structure, but um, yeah, having specific things in place on a weekly basis is really helpful. If you choose the structure, then it's then it's okay. Yeah, you're like <laughs> rebelling against that rebels can't have structure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. I can box myself in, but not have anyone else box me in perhaps. <laughs> that's cool. So what sort of things have you got that are helping um, that feel structured and supported like that? Um, sort of broader things, almost what Nay was saying too, but um, so... Tuesdays and Thursdays are call days. They're the only days that any of the group programs that I'm a part of will be on. Um, Any coaching calls will be those days, any inquiry calls, anything like that. People can only book in Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, that leaves space for the the rest of the days to be focused on admin or projects and things like that. Um, Mondays is always a payments day. So, whenever I get invoices and things, In my emails, they always get forwarded to a payments project in Asana. So, for each project in Asana, you can set up an email address for that project. So, I just, they just get forwarded to that one. So, just on a Monday sometime, I'll go to that project and make all my payments that day. Um, But I'm thinking about changing this a little bit because I'm finding that having all my calls on a Tuesday and then the Wednesday off, I try to have Wednesdays off as much as possible. I'm bringing it back, Naomi. I know I used to do that, but I'm, I'm bringing it back. The, the day off midweek yay um, <laughs> yay <laughs> but then going into Thursdays with another full day of calls I'm finding I'm not enjoying how it's broken up like that I feel like when I then get to work on a project there's not much time for me to warm up to it almost like I, I feel like I need to shift things around again so that there's a couple of days in a row where um, there's nothing necessarily booked in and I can choose what I do those days so that I can sort of warm up to something and really dive into something. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> well, we can, we've got a recording saying it will. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can keep me accountable to that. Everyone listening, send, <laughs> tag. send, send Mandy an email. No, no. <laughs> I won't see them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm finding that's helping. And I love setting up Asana the way that you mentioned too, Nick, but I find I go through phases of whether I actually use that. I, I tend to, have some kind of a cycle, but I'm not really tapped into it the way that that you are. So I notice that every few weeks I really feel like I want to um, 
get super organized and plan everything out and get into Asana and move things around and set tasks and deadlines and things like that. Then there'll be other weeks where I just can't even, I don't even feel like going in there, but it still works somehow. Hmm. <laughs> I'm the same. I like, I haven't, I, I went through a period where I used Asana a lot and now I barely use it at all, but then I know I'll come back to it again another time. Funny how those waves work. Yeah. Yeah. Something I like that keeps coming to mind listening to us all actually that might be useful to touch on is weekends. And I know like that has shifted for me too, working weekends and not working weekends. I'm curious, do both of you work weekends? Yeah, I um, used to have a quandary around that too, feeling like I shouldn't be working on the weekend and it wasn't gentle. And um, then I interviewed Cassie Mendoza-Jones for my podcast and she's also one of our wonderful guest mentors in the Mastermind. And she shared that for her, she doesn't expect herself to work on weekends, but if she's feeling really energized and enthusiastic about something and she notices that energy of like expansion, then she'll allow herself to work on a creative project or in, in the business. But if it's coming from an energy of um, lack or feeling pressured and should or fear, fearful about needing to stay ahead, then she um, puts the brakes on and makes sure that she has time to rest and because she really values that rest. So I thought that um, paradigm was really interesting and quite liberating to hear because sometimes as a creative, it can feel more draining to not actually act on the inspiration that you have or yeah, to work with the energy that, you, that you're feeling to, to make something and actually saying, oh, no, no, I'm not allowed to do that on the weekend, I find is not being very kind to myself. So that being said, my lifestyle these days and in basically my whole life except when I was studying doesn't really um, include much to do with weekends. When my husband's worked, he's often worked um, in roles that included working for long periods of time and then having, you know, he'd have uh, three weeks on and one week off or things like that, not, not even that. Um, and so it wasn't the normal kind of work week that a lot of people, you know, the tr traditional work week. And so I'll predominantly lean more towards following my energy, working with my menstrual cycle and also our sailing plans because we are limited, you know, we, can, we have constraints around us in terms of safety. So we have to sometimes take action on things midweek that mean staying safe and being upping anchor and moving to another anchorage um, where if I enforce the rule where I couldn't work on weekends, I wouldn't be getting the work done that I need to get done. So that's my approach and it works for me and uh, I, I basically love what I do so I don't mind um, working weekends and then allowing myself to have little breaks and we'll often, we try and get off the boat, go for a walk, have a coffee, you know, make each day kind of have its own little rhythms of replenishment and fun so I'm not, I don't like to get too worn out because that's when I get really snappy. I'm shocking when I'm tired. I'm really not the same person that you all know. So I try and avoid being tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with little mini breaks. Honestly, not fun. Andrew's an amazing man. <laughs> I'm the same. Maybe we should have like an episode, uh, an irritable, <laughs> irritable host episode where we're all tired and grumpy. <laughs> Why it's important to rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mandy? What's your relationship with work and weekends? 
Yeah, quite similar. Um, I find at the moment we're living in a, in a city and the energy of everyone else I'm really noticing, you know, people get so, I, I feel uh, like everyone's pretty um, grumpy and drained on a Monday, uh, particularly on a Monday morning where I really feel that straight away um, within the building that we're in or within this, just the area. And then on a Friday, people start to feel a little bit excited in the afternoon and there's this whole new shift. But then I, I find weekends can be really great times to work because it just feels more settled and it's quieter in general and everyone's more relaxed and I don't feel any pressure to check emails or anything like that. So I actually really enjoy working at times on weekends. Um, but I love what you said, Nika, um, sharing Cassie's view. I think that's really special to think that, yeah, it's, it's okay to work on weekends but not, not sort of pressure yourself to do that. Yeah, checking in where that energy is coming from, like is it a fear-based thing or striving or is it a natural overflowing of desire? So nice. Yeah. And we tend to be quite similar to you and Andrew in the way that we'll incorporate some kind of gentleness or fun every day. And so I feel like if I'm, I don't tend to work eight-hour days, that, that kind of thing, but I'm very happy to work every day of the week for a few hours and, and have lots of play and fun amongst all of that too, whether it's a, yeah, a brekkie date or going for a bike ride together or we went comic book shopping yesterday. Um, Davey's trying to embrace more of his 16-year-old self and have a bit more play. So, we went, we went into, we rode our bikes into the city and then bought comic books and sat in a coffee shop having a look at them and it was all very fun. <laughs> Is that specific comic book shop still there? I think it's on Elizabeth Street. Yes. Yes. I love that. I used to buy Asterix there. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's the other thing that you're talking about, working a couple of hours a day. I have found using Toggle, so toggle.com, I think it is, might be app. Yeah, toggle.com to track the hours that I am working and what I'm working on is another way to be quite mindful around the amount that I'm working each week. So it just keeps me a little bit, it's a record of what, what I'm, where I'm focusing and how much I've already done so that it doesn't, f it's just another way of checking in and not having things get out of balance or feeling like I haven't been doing enough. I love Toggle. I love how it just, it makes me um, recognise how much, and I think we were talking about this yesterday, Nick, or this morning on a community call for the mastermind, that it just helps to um, recognise that things do take time and, I, and you have been working solidly towards something for weeks. Yeah, it's nice to keep track of those things. I, for me, I realised that just because I've got the idea to do something doesn't mean it happens like instantly and Toggle really, really grounds in the amount of time that goes into every idea that we have in our business and it's helped me to be a bit more intentional around choosing and, and, and remembering that not everything has to be done right now. I mean, who was it, May, that you interviewed last year and she does um, speaking, uh, she created that, the, like a global movement, movement and film for girls or something? Carmel Benhouse. Yes, for the mastermind. She was a mentor and I remember her saying how she recognised that she wanted to, I think, write a book, start a podcast and do her video, some YouTube videos and she decided that she wasn't going to make herself do them all at once. She was going to roll them out and she allowed the podcast to help become the content for the book and, you know, it's sort of having this concept of one thing feeding onto and supporting the other and in a timeline, as you can see it being like bricks being laid in a path in front of you, 
you don't have to be walking all the steps right now. I just loved that. I was like, oh, yes. What's her full name? Name? Komal Minhas. And I don't remember that. So <laughs> thanks for the valuable reminder there, Nick. <laughs> That's no worries. I must have been like so engrossed in the, in the interview. That <laughs> yeah, she didn't say the part about the bricks of the path. That's just what, where my mind went. But, but she was talking about how she was yeah, allowing one kind of focused outreach project to then become the structure to help support the next one and then the next one. I was like, wow, that's really smart. Mm. What about you, Nay? I know, what, tell, tell us about your weekends and work. That's changed a lot too <laughs> over the years. Basically, everything changes for me. <laughs> So I used to work weekends and it used to feel really good. I had to, I guess, work different stages, day job, a little one. Weekends was often the only time. Weekends and evenings, I guess, were often the only time where I knew that Dusty would be home from his day job and could watch Daniel while I have sessions or I do work. So... Did and it did feel really good to to do work in those times. And I did try to, I guess, have a bit of structure to that. So I did do up a working calendar with my work hours, and my work hours just look different to other people. So it might have been seven to eight thirty, and on a Saturday, like ten a.m. to two p.m. So I did kind of give myself some some boundaries there so I wasn't working all the time, but I definitely worked weekends. And then that's changed as Daniel's gone to school. And because Dusty does work a nine-to-five and now Daniel has, you know, nine-to-three type, type hours at school, I realized that I didn't have to work weekends anymore and that, in fact, I could make the most of them being home and spending time with them. So I tend to not work weekends at all anymore. Sometimes we have our virtual retreat. That's probably the only thing (laughs) that I work weekends for is our Gentle Business Mastermind virtual retreats and for my own kind of support and self-development. So my I see my business coach on a Saturday every other month and the mastermind that I'm in with Stacey Shelton, that's usually a couple of times a month on a Sunday. But that's usually all that I do that kind of has any connection to work nowadays, unless as you were talking about with cats, I think that's really exciting me and I want to dive in. So I, I did have a weekend I think, where I did some work on my new website at <laughs> not that long ago because I was just so excited and having fun about the creative process of it. I did some of that, but otherwise nowadays I just go camping. Yeah. Going camping and spending time outdoors and hanging with Daniel and Dusty. And that's really helping for me. Whereas it wouldn't have in the past, it would have really stressed me out doing that. Got the biggest smile on my face right now. So good. Me too. (laughs) So lovely to be able to do that, you know, intentionally when your little one's growing up. I don't have children, but I was saying to Andrew yesterday at the coffee shop, I was like, Lacey's six. She's going to be seven. This is our little dog. And I was like, if that was a baby, we'd have a six-year-old. That's incredible. That time goes so fast. So I can imagine having a little one, you know, that time's so precious. They grow up, they do grow up quite quickly and being there for it is a real gift. Yeah. And I think... When I was, so I've taken a break from university for a little while from my master's and I did get a bit sad when I was, uh, so I was mostly doing uni work on weekends 
if I think of earlier this year and and last year and when I had an assignment due, that's when the camping trips would be. So it was really helpful because it would help me actually get my assignment done, Dusty and, and Daniel would go camping. But I was also kind of like, oh, I miss out. <laughs> so now it's really good. I get to to do some of that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Different seasons. So I've got a question for you, though, around systems and operations and things that make your life easier so that your work week does feel more gentle. Um, are there specific things that you have in place? Do you have stuff that helps with the admin, with the social media, with whatever else you can think of? Yes, this is such a great topic to explore. Um, I learnt some of these things from you both. <laughs> and I have found, much like you, Mandy, sort of thinking in to myself that I wasn't very good with systems or that systems felt kind of... I remember when I first hired a business coach, they were talking about, you need systems. And in my mind, I was like, what the heck is a system? Like, what does that look like? And I was completely confused that it seemed like this kind of imaginary machine that was in the ether, plodding away and doing things without me in, yeah, interacting with it. And I didn't realize how a lot of systems can be, um, they might be a, a checklist or they could be a, a process that you can um, refer back to that is like a container for all the different steps or the ideas or the um, information that's needed for a particular task. And so once I kind of got my head around that and also began to have some more repeatable steps and stability in my business, uh, it's been really, really great to start to build out an, an operations manual. And for me, that looks like it's a Google document. And the reason I chose a Google document is because you can create headings in your Google document and then use you can link to those headings inside the document so they become like hyperlinks in the top uh, table of contents in the first page. So I'll perhaps say, you know, link to it, email, my email scripts section of the document and you just click on that and it takes you down to the email scripts for a specific response that, to a question that I'll often be asked around Flourish, the Art of Creative Living or in the Gentle Business Mastermind. And starting to set up that operations manual has been a really gentle process in and of itself as well. I used to feel like I had to have it all worked out and all written, you know, in one big bulk go. But instead, I decided to just start simply and include the things that I was working on as I was working on them. And Mandy, you talk about doing that too, uh, that building out your operations manual during the process of doing those tasks and just taking an extra few minutes to document down the steps and the login details and the um, resources that you might need to refer to while you're doing it makes it a really doable process to start to build out your operations manual and it can help so much, so, so much when you bring on other support in your business like a VA or an online business manager because they have got the information that they need to be able to support you. And, um, yeah, what about you, Nay? We've also got social media libraries, don't we, and all sorts of things. Yeah, I think... The operations manual one has been huge for me. And then for social media, I guess the tool that I use the most to help me is SpartaQ. And that sounds like Star Trek, something from Star Trek. What's it called? <laughs> <Does> it? 
Oh, smarter Q. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought you said Sparta Q. It's like, what's, <laughs> like Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> no, smarter. <laughs> yeah. And so it helps you have, I guess, a library of content that can rotate on a schedule. And that I have found really useful for groups like our gentle business mastermind group. So if we do have a if we kind of have repeating content coming out, like on a Monday, we have our monthly, our weekly intentions posts that can just go out automatically thanks to that tool. And I think that's where I found it the most useful. When I am really organized and systemized, <laughs> I use it as well for my own platforms and implementing like my own social media strategy. But I haven't been doing that for a little while since I've been creating a new site and had new projects launching. I kind of hit a pause on those until I could recalibrate. But that has been a useful tool. It saved a lot of time and energy when it comes to posting content that comes out in a cyclic way. Yeah. Do you, are you saying that you're not really posting on social media right now while you're doing those things or it's just more organic? You're just sharing kind of what's happening in the moment. Yeah, I'm still posting every day. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing it every day instead of scheduling like I would have done more often in the past. I'm enjoying your posts, your current up-to-date what you're doing today posts. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I have got a co-working buddy out there in the world. Oh, that's what Nae's doing today. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you both share what your days are about a couple of days ago and loved that too. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> cool. What about you, Mandy? Um, are there systems or operations manuals or something in the background that you find supports you to do business more gently and have time to get out and have fun going to comic book stores with your partner? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, same thing, the operations manual. Um, I love how you broke that down too. I find it so helpful for the things that you just don't do that often and, and it, you know that you can find out how to do them again, but it all takes time, doesn't it? Like Googling again how to do that or trying to the 10 minutes it takes to figure out how to update, I don't know, your website or back up your website. It's nice to have some of those little things just really stepped out. And I've been recently rereading a book called The E-Myth Revisited, which talks quite a lot about setting your business up as though it's going to be franchised. And I love that concept too. There are certainly things in there that, that aren't relevant, but a lot of it is really relevant. And it's not necessarily that you would franchise. It's not even written for that reason. But if you start to think about how um, every interaction you have is the same for, for your customers, you know, the way that Maccas uh, is so great at, at making sure that you're greeted exactly the same way and you're spot responded to in the same amount of time and you're responded to with the, with the same lines. Um, if you can get quite specific with that in your own business and record a lot of that, it means that you yourself can go on autopilot in a lot of ways. Um, and like you said, when you then are outsourcing, it's very easy and you know that whoever's taking over can, um, can figure things out really easily and there's not that lack of communication because you've stepped out the nitty-gritty details of, of how different things might, might work. In terms of like social media and things like that, I love using Later. I love Later too. Yeah, yeah do you? Yeah. yeah. And I like the way that you can, and I think I learned this from you, Nick, I like, like the way that you can, when you're feeling inspired to do it, you can spend a couple of hours uploading a whole bunch of different 
content and images and tag them all for different types of posts so that you can find them easily a little bit later on if you come up with a bit of a rotation of, of the themes that you'd like to share in your social media. You can make sure that you're tapping into all of the different the different things, the different pillars, and um, and schedule it out that way. Yeah, but you take it another step further again, don't you, Nick, with the way that you organize your social media libraries and using Google Docs to to um, map out the different themes and that kind of thing. Hey, yeah, that's only just in the, this year I started doing that, and um, I basically did it so that I could have somebody else to schedule all the updates for me and I could then just feel free to pop in and share current updates and things that are happening in my life. But yeah, I use a Google document and I broke it down into uh, themes around the excerpts from the book that I'm writing, excerpts from the book that I've already published, some uh, affirmations, creative living affirmations and making sure that I also had a, um, cycling posts about the freebies that we've created for the mastermind and also for my other programs that people know where to go and find those so it can help direct people to be growing my, growing the list. And what I loved about it was just sort of taking that pressure off having to come up with fresh content every day. I was finding that very draining because I've been working on creating a lot of new um, material for Flourish and for a new introductory course for the Art of Creative Living. And I really need that bandwidth to be able to, um, I had a business coach years ago say, it's like landing your plane every five minutes when you're getting distracted with different tasks. It's like, you know, you take off and then you have to land the plane again and then you take off and then you have to land the plane. And when you can sort of start to do deep work by focusing on one main thing, by not having to keep landing your plane, you're going to get so much further and it'll be a lot more uh, productive. And so that I sort of carried that through into the last few months so that I can really focus on these things that are important to me to bring to life in the world and for my business and because it's the things that I'm extremely passionate about. That was the other a book I read too was Die Empty by Todd Henry and that's a recommendation from Cassie Mendoza-Jones that I picked up from her. Um, and he talks a lot about just focusing on your most important work and how you can set yourself up to be able to do that in your life, um, which I love. Yeah, so a social media library fits into that area for me so that I was then able to be very um, focused on and creative. It, it freed up more space to be creative, and it was a creative process of setting up the library. Uh, there's still creativity within that experience. So, yeah, it's worked well, and... Um, like nay, though, I've also paused mine for the for the, I think I had my last scheduled post go out yesterday or maybe the day before, and I'm about to move into launching the early bird for Flourish. So I will be doing those in a separate kind of bulk schedule in the next couple of days, rather than carrying on with my usual my usual programming, uh, like they would say on TV. And then I'll pick, come back and circle back to the social media library and perhaps tweak a few new content areas that I want to be sharing. So it's still fluid and it still is possible to pause these things that we set up to support us. And I think tuning into what feels right in each phase of the business and of our, of our life um, circumstances is really key to feeling gentle. And uh, the, the members in the Gentle Business Mastermind have had a chance to actually look at these documents that you've created and see a video of how it looks and it's 
it's so wonderful to see how um, how you how detailed it is. You know the way that you've listed out your categories, but then also suggested captions and and how they link into the tags you've created for the different images, so that it's sort of really fun and easy for someone to jump in and and piece it all together and schedule it all out. And it's still all you, and it's still all you know you've taken the time to create all of that, but you can step step out of actually scheduling it all. So cool. Yeah, you're so eloquent explaining how it was. I was all confused in my head of how to explain what it was. <laughs> you did it in two sentences, Mandy. Well done. Um, that's so clever. And, um, and, and the hashtags too, right? I always forget what the hashtags go with which categories and things. So putting it into the, um, the library helps me because I, I don't like all that small detail stuff. I find it quite draining. Hearing you talk about the plane taking off and landing, that's what I feel like my week is at the moment where it's like, a day of something and then full day of calls and then a day and then a full day of calls. I feel like that's what I'm trying to do is have some time where there's a couple of days in the air before having to land again. So thank you for that. Oh, cool. (laughs) Pleasure. Thank Wayne, my old business coach for that. Thanks, Wayne. (laughs) Well, shall we invite everyone to share with us what a gentle work week looks like for them or what they would like it to look like by using the hashtag ditch the hustle podcast and uh, we can all be part of the conversation together because we'd love to hear what it looks like for you. Yes. That'd be fun. Yeah. Tell us what works for you. Tell us what will help Mandy stay in the air for a while. <laughs> <laughs> help me fly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been really fun, ladies, and we get to do a whole another episode. Uh, so everyone stay tuned and come back for that one because you won't want to miss the Ditch the Hustle podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent book ending there, Nick. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for being here, everyone. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And that wraps up this Ditch the Hustle podcast episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If this conversation stirred up a desire in you to explore what doing business gently might mean to you, you can get direct support, guidance and tools from Amanda, Naomi and myself in the Gentle Business Mastermind. It's an experience that supports new entrepreneurs and existing business owners to grow their businesses gently, sustainably and consciously. Along the way, you'll meet an incredible community of guest mentors and other gentle business masterminders from around the globe who you can both get support from and offer support in return while you explore growing your own business in alignment with your heart, vision, values and energy. Registration for the Gentle Business Mastermind is open in February to early March of 2020. You can find out more about it at gentlebusinessmastermind.com where you can also download our free Grow Your Business the Gentle Way ebook. It's full of inspiring tips and prompts to help you do business gently in your own way. Until next time, we wish you a truly beautiful day ahead. Mm-hmm.